Some people love dark chocolate. I can't stand it. I love sour cream, and people can't see how I love it so much. There is no possible way anyone can like any of the John Wick movies. Oh, wait. I forgot. Steven loves it. Why? I have no idea. I don't understand all these celebrity housewife shows making all this money. Who's watching this stuff? My neighbor mows his lawn at 6 a.m. every Sunday morning, and he's having a good old time. I can't figure out why anyone would want to mow their own yard and how this guy is still living. I have better things to do at 6 a.m. on a Sunday. How the neighbors haven't killed him, I have no idea. Anyways, today we are talking bands that we love to hate. Wait a second. How in the hell is Judas Priest on this list? Hey, is this list right? Yeah. What idiot picked Judas Priest? One of your stupid friends did. What a dumbass. Oh, I, I forgot. We're recording. Um, Bands we love to hate on Grown Up Rock. Turn it up. This is the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your hosts, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Now, crank it up. Right there, Hollywood. So this episode is a long time in the making because we've been talking about this shit for literally like two months trying to figure out how the hell we were going to go about doing that. So uh, we're going to discuss bands that everybody else seems to like, but we just don't seem to like them. And we're going to kind of treat this as a debate. Is that right? Yeah, we're going to have some guests come on and this could get out of control really, really fast. So disclaimer, because we're going to have four loudmouths on the show, uh, it'll be what it is. The views and opinions expressed by Tommy and Zeus do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Sonny Hollywood Pooney or Stephen Michael of the Grown Up Rock podcast. Assumptions made by their analysis are not always accurate. And since we are all just human beings, please forget everything said by Tommy and Zeus on this episode and forgive them and still give their podcast, Shout It Out Loudcast, a chance. Thank you. I can't be held responsible for the amount of times that the F word gets dropped in this episode. So I'm going to go ahead and tell my Nana to go ahead and turn it off. My mother-in-law, go ahead and turn it off now. Uh, my wife, probably go ahead and turn that off now. And uh, probably just about anybody else that uh, is easily offended. <laughs> All right. So we ready to intro these guys. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Do your worst, as they say. Okay, so as soon as he popped out of his mama, someone yelled, Disappointed! Our buddy from the Shout It Out Loud cast, Zeus, welcome, sir. Thank you. What an introduction. That is so kind of you. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. And let me introduce the other guy. Despite everything you may have heard, this is the guy who disabled an unmarked unit with a banana. This is the guy who ruined the buffet at the Herald Club this morning. Our buddy... Tommy from the Shout It Out Loud cast, how are you, sir? Sonny, I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for that intro. And Stephen, I am honored that you had to do that warning parental advisory. Thank you for that. <laughs> guys, it's a pleasure to have you guys finally on the Grown Up Rock podcast. For the listeners that aren't familiar with you and your show, 
why don't you guys go ahead and pimp your podcast very quickly? You guys do the Shout It Out Loudcast, which is a fairly new all-kiss podcast. I'm letting Tom take this. Yeah, two lifelong KISS fans. We're uh, approaching our 40th episode soon, and we come at the topic of KISS from, you know, a little bit more of a comedic, open, you know, idea type of uh, attitude. You know, like we said in our intro episode, there's a lot of things to love about KISS. There's a lot of things to not love about KISS, and we're not afraid to talk about both. It's all about humor. It's all about laughs. It's all about loving the band and poking fun at the band when it's uh, deemed necessary. So we're glad to be here and, uh, you know, not talking about Kiss for a few minutes, I guess. Sonny, I just realized the Growing Up Rock podcast plays an extremely important part in the uh, podcast community. Do you realize that we're here to allow other podcast hosts to come on our show and talk about something other than the one and the only great Kiss? Yeah, whatever. So I got I got advice for these two guys. Uh-oh. Okay, heed my advice. If you're going to do trivia and play to 25, some fucko has to be able to count to 25. <laughs> Between the three of you, you can't count to 25. That was embarrassing. Honestly, I have the worst ADD. And the fact that they let me score that, I, I swear to God, I can't tell you how many times I was just like, Okay, who's up? Uh, wait a minute. What's the, what? Who's who's got what? What? It was awful, awful. Uh, I actually blame our buddy Murph, who uh, is a, is a frequent guest host and uh, one of our college buddies. Uh, he was all set to be the scorer for that episode, and I think he just uh, gave in to Zeus and uh, let him take over. And the results is exactly what you got in our most recent episode. There still hasn't been a winner declared, if there is one. How is Murph doing with his emphysema? <laughs> <laughs> All See, I could hear was. <laughs> so, so now this is two separate podcasts where our buddy Murph is getting harassed. He's going to love this. Hey, listen, the three of us, and Tommy didn't mention this in the beginning. So me and Tommy are college buddies, and we hooked up freshman year. Somebody was playing something in a room, and it was a song. And I say this to people about Tommy, and I didn't know him. We were from neighboring towns, may have heard of each other because we both played sports. And at one point, Tommy turns around. I was like, what is this? this? This music sucks. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. It's not this and this and that. I was like, holy shit. Who is this asshole? And um, it's me. Yep. That was him. The loud Italian. And then I don't know. Somehow, somewhere along the line, someone said the word kiss. And it was like all of a sudden our eyes like locked. in a crowded dorm room and we're like yeah buddy and lifelong friends him and murph were roommates and uh that kiss love has continued to this day hence that's why we're here yep when your guys eyes locked did you uh hug it out or what that's our, um, that's our personal private business yeah, exactly <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll save that for our show i think the love eyes you know the the hearts and the eyes started like bulging <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah that wasn't that was i don't that wasn't the only thing bulging yeah <laughs> i'm looking forward to seeing you in action jack says you got a great big cock uh, well, I, don't know, I guess so may i see it really please as we said on our show me and Tommy for Halloween dressed up kiss and makeup. And this was what year, Tom? 
This was uh, Halloween 1994. And when we walked in, we were like Kiss at the Grammys, where half the people were like, what the fuck are these idiots doing? Is this real? Yep. Like, we didn't have like, yeah, we had the, uh, oh my God, I feel bad for these people. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because you were dressed up to be Arthur 85 Asylum. Oh, no, no. Oh, had, here we he go. He had the makeup. <laughs> he had the real makeup. Oh, God. Yes, I was Peter Chris back then. <laughs> so we, we can't escape the asylum talk. So to the listeners that don't know how we all know each other, of course, we're all part of the podcast community, but there's a daily text message that goes back and forth between the four of us constantly, and it's full of all kinds of opinions and bashing and just literal hatred going back and forth hatred and love i will say that hatred and love going back and forth on this text between the four of us on a daily basis sometimes if i look away from my text from too long i'll end up with 50 messages it's unbelievable yeah that's me <laughs> so we we decided to turn that into a podcast episode and uh there's a lot of varying opinions on bands that we love and we hate. And we're going to get into all that because we got a ton of stuff to talk about and explain to you how we came up with this episode and this idea. But before we do that, I feel like it's important for me to talk about a recent loss. At the time of this recording, I guess yesterday or the day before, we lost Rick Ocasek from the Cars. Yeah, Correct. 75. Yeah, he's 75, and uh, you know it was natural causes. What I think uh, essentially is a heart attack. They released the examiner's report already, so uh, there wasn't any kind of drugs or anything involved. Uh, just a natural thing. The guy was 75, and I felt like it was important. We don't normally do these dedication type things or these things on episodes, but the cars were important to me because, as I've pointed out many times before in previous episodes, including our kickoff episode, the cars were one of the first two rock albums I ever bought with my own money. So they were hugely important to me. I absolutely love the cars. How do you guys feel about the cars? You cars fans or or not? I've always been kind of a casual cars fan. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I never I've never seen them in concert. But the one strong memory of the cars I have is that was actually the the video for Shake It Up was the very first video I ever remember seeing on MTV. So the cars do have a special place with me, not to mention they're also a Boston based band. I have some of their CDs. Um, I have a ton of their music on my phone, so I do occasionally listen to them. And as with the recent loss of, uh, of Eddie money as well, it seems like when these legends pass away, you start to become engrossed in their music. And, you know, when I heard of the passing of Rick Ocasek, I kind of looked back into their catalog and realized just how many just top notch hits they had you know really really cool band and they they do deserve to be in the rock and roll hall of fame which thankfully they are yeah how about you zeus yeah again i heard of them because growing up in boston it's a big thing them the jay giles band aerosmith you hear about if you're in a, like listening to the rock stations here growing up you know the cars are obviously they're big because when music videos started taking off we're all roughly about the same age so this is like early 80s, mm -hmm. and they had that first big video, remember, you might think? Yep. And that won like the first MTV yep. music video. And I remember how state-of-the-art it yeah. was and crazy. And it got, you know, another big album for the Cars Big. And their debut album is just like legendary. 
yeah, I'm a fan of theirs. I've got their greatest hits. I don't turn it off when it comes off, but I wasn't something that I could say that, oh yeah, they're my favorite band, but yeah. a lot of respect for them. Great songs. Yeah. How about you, Sonny? Uh, MTV was my introduction. Um, they were all over MTV. I liked that it was catchy, short songs. Um, I think they appealed to the pop kids. They appealed to the punk kids. They appealed to the rock kids. They appealed to the dance guys. They, because they just, it's kind of like a crossover of all types of different music in one. Uh, I would say overall, I'm a casual fan. I couldn't tell you a bunch of deep cuts, et cetera, et cetera. But the, one of the first karaoke songs I ever did in my life in the key of Q flat was Drive. <laughs> it was oh, ugly. God. <laughs> yeah. And I was hammered. I'm like, who's going to drive you so definitely a groundbreaking MTV band in terms of videos and things like that. I think they did a really good job of straddling the line between new wave punk and rock and roll. And I mean, if you don't think that uh, the Cars are a rock and roll band, just listen to some of the stuff that Elliot Easton plays. Really, really good stuff. And so very much going to be missed. Like I said, big Cars fan. And I'm going to play Dangerous Type off of 79's Candio. So we're going to miss you, Rick.
It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. All right, so before we get started with tonight's main event, we are going to do the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight, and tonight we're going to feature Canada's own Toque. Uh, we've talked about them before. This is a band in Canada that consists of Brent Fence on bass and Todd Kearns on guitar and vocals, Churko on guitar, and um, I can't remember the drummer's name uh, who just recently got done finishing updates with Slash, but they're a cool band. I know our friend Caitlin Provo knows who they are. Sonny, you, uh, you're familiar with Tuke, right? Uh, yeah, I love Todd Kearns. I've got all his solo stuff. I just love the voice. Yeah, so they just recently put out an album called Never Enough. They usually do a lot of covers from Canadian bands because a lot of the rest of the world aren't as familiar with some of these bands. I mean, you've heard of the Lover Boys and Brian Adams and people like that, but they kind of pay homage to a lot of other artists that are maybe not as well known. And the song that I'm going to play, I like quite a bit. You've heard it before uh, because it was done originally by Nick Gilder. And this is a song called Hot Child in the City.
I'm, I'm actually a big fan of the original. I think the Nick Gilder version is actually a very, very cool song. This cover version, it actually stays really, really close to the original. So, I mean, I'm going to say that I like it. You know, I don't think they really did anything crazy. They kind of stuck to the script, but I, I do like it. And I'm like I said, I'm a big fan of the original. Now, we just recently... Um Hot Child in the City, done by Billy Idol. Uh, I think no, I, that was Hot in the City. Oh, it's not the same uh, song. No, no, Hot in the City and Hot Child in the City is two different things. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I thought hot we're... in the city, hot in the city tonight. Oh yeah, that oh. was a boring tune. I like this song much better. <laughs> <laughs> see what i gotta live with guys i know i'm sorry by the by the way we we do not need any more karaoke for the rest of this episode sonny <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh all right so anyway that's uh that's Tuke, hot child in the city off of the new album never enough go out and pick it up and support our friends brent and todd damn it kearns over there in canada that'd be cool all right, you ready to get into this? Okay, so for the listeners, we all have bands that, for some reason, people love and we just cannot get into. And who better than to help us debate than these two guys from Shout It Out Loudcast? And you're going to get a feeling of what our text feels like when we say something that not all of us agree with. So each of us came up with three bands that we didn't like. I asked for a bunch of lists from a bunch of uh, from everybody and try to put it together to where we're not all talking about the same bands and try to pick bands that we were on opposite sides of so the conversation's better because everybody hating on X band probably doesn't do our conversation any good and everybody loving on X band probably doesn't do our conversation any good. So we're going to be all over the place. There'll be bands where three out of the four of us like. There'll be bands where we're 50-50. There'll be bands where three out of the four of us absolutely hate. So, um, And then we're just going to kind of do a debate style. So I'll kind of call out a band, hand it off to somebody. It'll come back to me. I'll hand it off to somebody else. If there needs to be a rebuttal, we'll rebut, that kind of thing. So that's kind of how we're going to play it. And we are going to get started with the dumbest band on this list because they should not be on this list we are going to pass it to the distinguished gentleman from medford tommy because he has a certain feeling about judas priest that's right sonny when you asked me to be on this episode i said if we're going to come in here for a fight let's bring the big guns so i'm going after a band that everybody loves but I am going after this band, not just because everybody loves them, but because it's just a style of heavy metal that I just I can't get into. I respect the impact and influence that Judas Priest has on the rock world. I do. But I can't get into that, I, I guess, for lack of a better word, that operatic style of vocals of Rob Halford. I'm not a huge fan of his vocals. I know everything I'm saying here is going to be blasphemy to a lot of listeners, but that's OK. A lot of the rock and metal that I like, I like to have, you know, a little bit of a groove, a little bit of a swagger, a little bit of, you know, and I don't see any of that with Judas Priest, their music, maybe visually. Okay. There's some of that. It's just nothing I can get into. I mean, some of the hits I like, you know, living after midnight, another thing coming, that kind of stuff. But, you know, one of the rules I used for this debate, Sonny, we talked about is 
is it a band that I would ever go see in concert? No, I would never go see Judas Priest in concert. And I would never voluntarily put on Judas Priest music in my car or while I'm running. So that's it to get kicked off with there. Send the hate mail to me. Wow. Uh, Zeus, your feelings on the priest. You see what I have to put up with? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Are you shitting me? Look, I'm not a deep cuts Judas Priest. I'm like you. I got a ton of respect for him. But how do you not like breaking the law, heading out to the highway, living after midnight? You got another thing coming. Like, should I go on? Hell bent for leather. Turbo level. You know, these songs are just the riffs, the guitar, the vocals. It's metal. It's what metal's about. Do they have slower like ballads and things that we like kiss like? No, but you know what you're getting from a Judas Priest song. And I think it's kick-ass. My opinion. <laughs> Steven, any thoughts for Mr. Gelati? <laughs> hey, fucko number one. Good bring it. Good God. You talked about style. So uh, let's let's take style out of it. Let's not talk about because when you say style to me, I think of studs and leather. I mean, that's you know, style. If you're talking about Halford's voice from an operatic standpoint and you like grooves and, and melodies and things like that, then I would tell you, you know, go check out turbo or or something like that because there's a lot of that kind of stuff in there but for me their albums in the 80s had all that kind of stuff that you just mentioned especially if you look at a song like off of turbo like out in the cold what a great song that is and it's a little bit slower and it's a little bit groove uh laden i mean there's just so much to choose from when it comes to judas priest all the stuff that that Zeus just mentioned are classic songs, but there's so much more. Now, that being said, I'll be the first to tell you, I don't love every last thing from Judas Priest. They're a little bit like Iron Maiden for me, which, I mean, they've got the majority of stuff that I absolutely love, but then they have that piece of their catalog where it's kind of like, "Mm, uh, nah, not really for me. They got a little bit heavier, and some of the heavier stuff that they did... I didn't really love, I don't love like Juggalator and some of that other stuff. The Bang Zone for me and Priest is definitely British Steel, Defenders of the Faith and Screaming for Vengeance, mainly because that was probably my entry point. But uh, yeah, I, I just don't know how you can be a hard rock and metal fan and, and not dig Priest. Yeah, there's two bands on this list that I have never heard a hard rock or metal fan say they don't like. And Priest is one of them. Now, I'll tell you, 74 to 77, those first three albums, tough listen. But from 78 to 90, Priest was one of the best metal bands out there. And, you know, the Ripper era is kind of meh, but the last two albums are awesome. So I don't know what the problem is with Halford's voice, because there's a lot of other singers on on this list that absolutely suck compared to Halford. Um, (laughs) And I can't wait to get to them. But just a twin guitar attack and the well-written songs, Tommy, you're just wrong. And you got outvoted three out of four here, and you can send all your hate mail to shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. That's okay. I'm I'm prepared for that. You know, uh, strong opinions are one of my fortes as people who listen to Shout It Out Loudcast. It's it's okay. I'm I'm prepared to take the beating. Okay. <laughs> all right. So we are gonna move <laughs> to the Greek Freaks first band. <laughs> Zeus picked Rush. So give us your thoughts on Rush, sir. 
Okay, I'll sum it up. Rush sucks. All right, here we go, people. Let's get this party started. And a one, and a two, and a one, two, three. Oh, one, two, three. Build a raft and float it down a river with a black guy. I read the book. That's not Tom Sawyer, that's Huckleberry Finn, stupid. I am Getty Lee, and I will sing whatever lyrics I want. Just start the song again, and this time do it right. Fine. And a one, and a two, and a one, two, three, a one, two, three. That's why people like our show. <laughs> that's very insightful, Zeus. Yeah. That music, I, I don't even know what you want to call it. It's just a bunch of people playing instruments well, but don't come up with a good song. That's what it sounds like. And his voice is the worst. I can't listen to it. I can't. It's just terrible. They all can play their instruments great. Wonderful. I don't hear a melody. I don't hear a hook. I hear nothing. I just hear instruments playing. It's god awful. I can't listen to it. Of all the bands on here, of all the artists, I fucking hate Rush. There you go. (laughs) All right. So I'll go next. This is my second least favorite on this list of 12 we have here. And it's the same thing. It's Getty's voice. It's the prog music vibe. It's the ultra musicianship because they're trying to be stupid smart with the music. I can barely tolerate two songs. Closer to the Heart, about two minutes of Tom Sawyer, and I'll give you two minutes of Spirit of Radio. The rest of it just god-awful sucks. You Pompous, stuck-up, snot-nosed, English, giant, twerp, scumbag, fuck-face, dickhead, asshole. And you can send your hate mail to HollywoodHatesCanadianBands.com. I don't care. (laughs) All right, let's go to Tommy next. Feelings on Rush. This is interesting because Rush is on my Mount Rushmore of my all-time favorite bands. I have seen Rush in concert multiple times, and I will say this for the record. The people that hate Rush or the people that aren't fans of Rush, I I admit it's a very difficult band to defend. They're usually dumb as shit. Well, Stephen, you Stephen, you took the words right out of my <laughs> mouth. I can't help it that I'm very sophisticated. Okay, down, Mozart. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> all right, but all jokes aside. So again, Rush, their catalog is so varied from their very first album to their last album they started out their early albums they started out as a classic rock zeppelin band then they became a super prog heavy band then they started getting into um some kind of new wave you know police type stuff then they just took over with the synth stuff then they got back to hard rock again it's a very hard band to defend and and, you know getty lee's voice is not very easy to listen to but musically i could listen to them you know all the time again i've seen them in concert a bunch of times and i own their entire discography so i understand the hate they are a difficult band to defend but you know that's where i stand one of my all-time favorites i've actually seen rush live twice uh they bad english opened for them I left within three minutes. I didn't wait till the first song was done. Both oh, times. come on. Yes, both times. Both oh. times. Just bad. All right. Stephen, help me. <laughs> 
easily a top 10 band for me growing up. Oh my God. You should just, there should be a hang up noise right there. Like I should just fucking hang up right now. I a hundred percent get why Sonny doesn't like them. I a hundred percent get that because Getty Lee's voice is a little bit tough to take for people and you either like it or you don't. So I get that part of it. But the whole prog rocky thing, it's kind of exactly what Tommy just said, which is they've got such a wide variety and such a uh, expanded catalog that you just you kind of have to pick an era that is going to suit you when it comes to Rush. Because I personally, I like it all, but I didn't always like it all. And it took me time to get into some of the bits and pieces that I do like today. But I came into Rush all the world's a stage. My absolute favorite live album. That yes. that album was Blasphemy. so. That album was so important to me growing up because I can remember just literally falling asleep with the headphones on at night, listening to that record because it was so freaking awesome. That record is just a straight-ahead rock record. I mean, yeah, there's some expanded stuff in there like "By Tour," "The Snow Dog," and things like that, but. It's just a great rock record. You can't tell me that Anthem is not a kick-ass rock and roll song. There's Absolutely. No, no way you can talk me out of that. So I think that the problem with most people is that there is so many different eras and so many different styles to choose from that people just haven't found the style that works best for them. And if they have, then it's Getty Lee's voice and they just don't dig it and that's fine. But most of the time, I just figure because they're really ignorant and stupid as hell and they can't <laughs> understand the music that's being put out there. So I just chalk that up to it as well. You know, your, your honor, may, may I jump in here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you give us a Zeus? Can you give us a live album that's better than the shit he just said? Oh, holy shit, dude. Alive one, alive three, alive two, uh, uh, symphony kiss, unkiss unplugged. <laughs> you name it. They're better. But more importantly. These are the words that these two idiots described Rush. I fell asleep, falling asleep to it. Another one said, not easy to listen to. Another one said, tough to take. Gee, out of context. I wonder why we should listen and out like of, this band. Out of context, all out of context. And uh -huh. we were trying to we were trying to just in our own minds help us understand why you two idiots don't like it. So we we're trying uh, to make ourselves feel a little bit better. Well, maybe, you know, I don't want to call them just flat out idiots. So maybe, maybe we understand that it's tough to take. And and as far as falling asleep at night with the headphones on, that's I mean, I fell asleep to Van Halen with the headphones on. That's how I listened to my music at night when I was a kid but that's beside the point I get it you don't like Rush we're not going to try and force you to be smart continue being an <laughs> idiot <laughs> All right. so for the listeners Go put on live after death, Iron Maiden, and while you're listening to that take all your Rush shit throw in the washing machine and turn it on well the jerk store called they're running out of you alright next we are going to go to the sultry voiced gentleman from Atlanta and talk about the great band Pink Floyd. God. All right. So Pink Floyd, this album, Dark Side of the Moon, I think it was on the charts for like fourteen to 1,500 years. I don't remember. Whenever they invented the charts and Moses was uh, scripting stuff in the stone, I think uh, Dark Side of the Moon was at number two or number three with a bullet. I have no idea. It was there forever. 
I don't get Pink Floyd. And let me just say that recently, so I've had two experiences. Number one, I saw Roger Waters fairly close to the time he left Pink Floyd back in, I think that was the 80s, on his tour. And it was a entertaining technical experience, but the music absolutely sucked. I couldn't get past it. It was awful. Then, just recently, I got the opportunity to go see Australian Pink Floyd, which apparently is like the premier tribute Pink Floyd band. And I have to say, they were really good at what they do. I mean, they were playing a 5,000-seat place. They were really, really good what they do. And from the videos I've seen, they put on a pretty convincing Pink Floyd show. I mean, lights and all, and the big blow-up things and all this stuff. But I just don't love Pink Floyd. And maybe it's because I didn't do a lot of drugs when I was a kid. I really don't know. And that's not to say that I don't like some Pink Floyd songs. I really love Another Brick in the Wall. I really love Have a Cigar. So there's a handful of songs that I like, but overall, I just don't get Pink Floyd. Sorry. Tommy, we're not asking you to tell us about your drug habits, but uh, how's your feeling on Pink Floyd? Well, I don't have drug habits, okay? That's not the kind of person that I am. But Pink Floyd, just a boring band. They just don't do anything. You know, earlier when I was talking about Priest, you know, music that generally has a groove or a swagger or some kind of attitude to it. You know, the only positive thing I will say about Pink Floyd is I respect and appreciate Gilmore's guitar abilities. I mean, you know, if you listen or if you watch that YouTube clip of uh, them doing Comfortably Numb live, you know, that solo is just amazing but once you get past that the band just does nothing for me and classic rock radio has just ruined any song that you may ever want to hear again the songs that uh steven uh mentioned there's no pink floyd song that i really ever need to hear (laughs) zeus you're gonna put these guys straight or what all right so i was like those guys and then somebody's like you just gotta listen to it i didn't do drugs i was a jock growing up And I I was against all the potheads and all that stuff. And I always chalked Pink Floyd up to be another one of those Grateful Dead bands. Ah, they're only popular because of the drug culture. Somebody brought me, I forget where it was, to a laser show. (laughs) A Pink Floyd laser show. I didn't smoke or do anything, but I drank a little. And, you know, the music had a groove to it. I was like, okay. So I ended up getting Dark Side of the Moon. Because curiosity, why do people love this so much? I listened to it. And then I'm like, holy shit, although this is kind of soft, there are parts of, of, you know, Dark Side of the Moon that I'm like, this is fucking heavy. They're not playing loud or fast, but there's some heavy songs. I love Time. That song, when it kicks in, is just awesome. Money and Brain Damage happens to be one of my favorite songs of all time. The mood, the lyrics, it's just a classic. Are they one of my favorite bands? No, but I got a ton of respect, like Tommy says, for David Gilmore, his voice, his guitar. It's got a lot of skill. And yeah, some of the stuff, I'm not into the early Pink Floyd stuff. I'm not into jam bands. I don't want to hear an instrumental go on for hours. I just can't do it. But they are a lot better than what these two idiots are saying. (laughs) All right. So my thoughts on Pink Floyd. I like absolutely nothing about Pink Floyd. I basically run to change the radio station. 
I don't even run for ice cream or donuts, and I'm a fat guy, <laughs> but I will run to Sirius XM to turn that shit off. I would rather take a power sander to the Nards <laughs> than listen to any painful <laughs> song front to back. And I'm talking on high speed. You don't Oof. even got to, like, tickle me with it. Just put it on high speed. <laughs> and this and was Steven's pick, right? <laughs> yeah, it was going to be mine until Stephen picked it. Holy shit. <laughs> So Pink Floyd got like half a vote. That was awesome. Yeah, that's that's a bad one. Uh, all right, so I'm going to go next. My first choice was the supposed mighty Foo Fighters. The songs are terrible. I am not a David Grohl fan at all. I hate that he's the voice of rock. I hate that he's connected to Nirvana. I hate Nirvana. I've yet to hear one memorable song from the Foo Fighters. I wouldn't be able to pick a Foo song out of a lineup, and if all the Foo music was wiped off the planet, no one would even notice. I'd say I'd rather listen to Pink Floyd, but I'd rather actually take punches from Mike Tyson in the head before I have to listen to either one of them. They suck. <laughs> Zeus, we'll go to you next. All right. I liked the Foo Fighters. I got a ton of their albums. But you know what? I'm going to be blunt. I don't play them. Their songs are good. They got some obviously good hits. I do respect. I love Nirvana, and Tommy will attest to it. I was the biggest Nirvana fan when we were in college. Love them. I like David Grohl. I, I have respect for him. Yeah, because he is kind of the guy that's holding rock out there. I love him. I love his uh, affiliation with Kiss, too. But it's just, you're right. It's I don't turn the music off. I like it. But it's nothing that I'm like, oh, I got to hear this song from the Foo Fighters. They're good music. But just nothing special. That's me. Let's go to Mr. Michael next. So if you wiped all the Foo Fighters music off the face of the earth, nobody would even miss it? Really? Yes. I mean, this is a band that in the rock genre is still playing stadiums. Very few bands in the rock genre still playing stadiums, but this one is. And so I think they're probably... You're a little bit wrong on that. Dave Grohl, I don't know the guy, but everything that I read about him, he seems super, super cool. I mean, number one, he's he's an all-out rock fan. He likes rock and roll. He likes hard rock. He likes metal. He likes punk. He likes music. So I think that's kind of cool. From what I read, he's been married to like some girl that he grew up with forever, uh, which in the music business is kind of tough as it is. In addition to that, I understand that they're kind of frugal with the money. They don't spend a bunch of money. He lives in like a modest community, and we all know that he's got more money than anybody right now. He's got plenty of money, so uh, I think that's kind of cool. I just think those traits are kind of cool. But let's get into the music. So the music, I think the guy writes great songs. Are all the songs that the Foo Fighters have great? No, they're definitely, they have stuff that I don't necessarily like. But I think they have a lot of great songs. And the thing about the Foo Fighters for me is that some of their slower, like, ballady songs, I really think have great melodies. I really like a lot. I mean, I love songs like Learning to Fly and Give Me Stitches, All My Life, Times Like These. I mean, those are great songs to me. They're just well-written songs with great melodies. So... I like the Foo Fighters. They seem very cool to their fans. They seem great live. I don't have anything against the Foo Fighters. like them a lot. 
shit selling out stadiums. So is the Wiggles and Justin Bieber and fucking Miley Cyrus. So it's at this point that my idiot co-host, Sonny Hollywood Pooney, can't figure out the difference between Stadium Rock, the Wiggles, and Miley Cyrus. So this is exactly what I have to put up with. You, the listeners, can understand the difference. Foo Fighters rule, Sonny is stupid. Uh, Tommy, your thoughts on the Foo Fighters? This is a tough one, man. I I feel like I'm going to be repeating this all night. Foo Fighters, one of my all-time favorite bands, top-to-bottom catalog. Seen them in concert twice. Been a fan of them since their very, very first album I don't know what else I can say. I, I just love everything about the band. I love their I love their songwriting. Taylor Hawkins is easily one of the most underrated drummers in all of rock. An absolute beast on the drums. Dave Grohl just has a, a super knack to create a hook, but turn it into a driving rock song. Um, as Steven said, he also has a, a knack to slow it down and, and do like a little bit of a power ballad. Just so many good songs. I mean, every, everybody knows the hits, but you know, they're one of the few bands, in my opinion, where a lot of their albums are what I consider top to bottom albums, where there's very few duds, you know, and again, I'm, I'm a Foo Fighters fan, so I can say that, but nothing but huge, huge props to the Foo Fighters. One of my one of my favorites. <sighs>
Yuck. <laughs> okay. So let's get to our second picks. So after the wonderful first pick of Judas Priest, Tommy goes for the jugular, and the Italian stallion picks the Eagles. Tommy, the Eagles? Disappointed! Oh, yeah, I'm not done. Wait until my third pick. I'm going to get fired for that one. But So here we go with the Eagles. So, again, I'll preface my comments with the Eagles kind of like what I did with Judas Priest, okay? I respect them, okay? I understand the appeal. Um, I respect the musicianship. I respect the fact that they're a band with multiple lead vocalists and a ton of longevity. And I get that. The music to me, for the most part, is just very boring. And, you know, there are some bands, I admit, that might not be very exciting. You know, there might be some bands that are that others may consider boring. And another thing about the Eagles, too, and I mentioned this with Pink Floyd, classic rock radio has ruined them for me. There is no song right now that I would want to hear that classic rock radio hasn't pummeled, whether it be terrestrial radio or whether it's satellite radio on classic vinyl, classic rewind or the seventies channel. It's just, I don't need to hear their songs anymore. They're just a boring band. I I mean, I respect them, but it's just a band that I just don't need to hear and I'm ready to take a beating. So that's okay. So I will go next. I think the Eagles are meh. I can tolerate them at times. I would never listen to a full album. I like some of the Don Henley, Glenn Fry solo stuff, but a lot of the Eagle stuff is just slow and boring. Meh, meh, just meh. And the best vocalist out of all of them, I think, is Timothy B. Schmidt. So uh, nobody agrees with me. Let's go to Zeus. Uh Uh-oh. See, Tommy puts them on because he knows my feeling of the Eagles. (laughs) So... When we first started our first episode of Shout Out Loudcast, I talked about it. I'm just as big a fan of the Eagles. However, you really can't do a podcast about the Eagles because, yeah, you know. They're boring. Yeah. They suck. They're <laughs> yeah. mad. Okay. Where do I start? Number one, not only they didn't have like Kiss four, they had what? Six lead singers in the band. Don Henley sang, Glenn Fry sang, Bernie Gladden sang, Randy Miser sang, Timothy B. Schmidt sang, Don Felder sang. And of course you would like Timothy B. Schmidt's fucking vocals. He's my least favorite of them. I can't tell you why it's my least favorite Eagle song. And of course you like it. Boring. Those fucking guys got into so many brawls, so much drugs, so much drama. Dude, they got into a fist fight almost on stage and it's all tape recorded. Have you ever seen the documentary of the Eagles? I bet you Steven will bring it up when I'm done. I'll let him take over that part. The harmonies out of this world. First of all, Don Henley has a phone book voice and I call phone book voices. Sing the phone book. I'll listen to it. He is probably my favorite vocalist. Unbelievable. Glenn Fry writes great songs and great. He's got great melodies. I love the country rock stop because as you guys know, I talk about all the time. I love country music as well. And I just want to end with these things. Take it easy. Desperado already gone. One of these nights, take it to the limit. Hotel California life in the fast lane. Waste of time. Last resort heartache tonight. Long run. I can't tell you why, which sucks in the city. That's just to start. They also have what the biggest selling album of all time. That's the one. Before they did Hotel California. And another top selling album is Greatest Hits 2. And another one is Hotel California. 
And you know why you guys might get sick of them being on classic rock radio all the time is because everybody wants to hear their fucking music. It is that good. They are the best band on this list. And you guys are all fucking stupid for even thinking about putting them on this. So fuck yous all. Steven, you're up. <laughs> yeah, Angry Zeus. <laughs> Angry Zeus kicks ass. <laughs> I love that Steven got a railing and he hadn't even shared his opinion yet. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. I love the passion. I love the passion, Zeus, you Greek god, you. <laughs> All right, so we'll start with the fact that uh, Sonny and I, a while back, did an episode that revolved around diamond-certified albums. Diamond-certified means that they sold 10 million-plus albums worldwide. The Eagles appeared on that list numerous times, whether it was for their greatest hits. I think Hotel California was on there numerous times. The truth is in the numbers. People love the Eagles because they write good music. So boring, maybe people like boring music. I don't know. I don't find it boring. I find their melodies and their vocal harmonies fantastic. It sounds good. It feels good. It's just good music. Talented band, like our friend Zeus pointed out, every one of those guys sings. And they had different lineups. And I don't care if you're an Eagles fan or not. You absolutely must watch the Eagles documentary. It is fascinating. It is one of the best music docs I've ever seen. They capture so much great footage. It's unbelievable. Uh, Like Zeus said, I mean, they're literally, they're capturing fights backstage and things going on. This band was a powder keg of drama uh, between <laughs> these guys, and it's just fascinating to watch a lot of this stuff unfold between this band. And so I love this band. That documentary, I want to say, I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of three and a half hours long, does not feel like three and a half hours long. Literally, it goes by quick. And it's just an interesting look at the band. And I really, honestly, I think that if you watch the documentary, you'll find a newfound respect or even a newfound love for the band. I may be wrong if you're hard-headed and just don't know good music and you're an idiot like Sonny. But I encourage people, check out the Eagles. They're not a heavy metal band or a hard rock band, but they've got some rock and roll tunes that are definitely guitar-driven. I absolutely love them. I can't say enough great stuff about the Eagles. Can I jump in for a second? No. Go for it. <laughs> I forgot to mention the craziest of the Eagles, who you cannot call boring, Joe Walsh. I can't, that's blasphemy, <laughs> right? Yeah, there is nobody any less boring than Mr. Walsh. Oh, that my is God. True. And what I want to say it is, and of course, I got to add this in here, Randy Meisner's voice the bassist, you know, people think of Timothy B. Schmidt as the main guy bassist in the Eagles. He was only on one real album, the long run, Randy Meisner's voice. Just take it to the limit. The guy sings like an angel, unbelievable. And you can go all the way down the list. All these guys, great singers. So you're talking about what seven guys that sang lead vocals on the band. 
and they're all awesome and all great on their instruments. And there's such an amazing history with the guys in that band, how, you know, Henley and Fry were uh, Linda Ronstadt's backup band. And just, I mean, there's a lot of history uh, within the guys in that band. So it's really uh, just uh, very cool, very interesting. And the building blocks of some of rock and roll at its finest. And to add to that, you know, what else they did, remember, is Bernie Ledin that brought in Don Felder, and Don Felder was teaching guitar lessons to Tom Petty. Yep. That's absolute truth. Yep. Yeah. So before this comes in Eagles, uh, the Eagles documentary, let's, uh, let's move on. This bit of information, all seven uh, members of Cool in the Gang can sing too, by the way. What's so that? I like them too. Yep. Anyways, uh, disclaimer. Uh, let me put a disclaimer in here real quick. Anybody listening from California, I still love you. Steven still loves you. Zeus is just a fucko from Arlington, Massachusetts. Zeus, we will hand it over to you to talk about Metallica. Fuck this. Oh, yeah. So I have Metallica on this list. I'm the asshole that put Metallica on this list. Do I like Metallica? I like some of their songs. Do I really hate them? No, but I thought this would be an interesting conversation. There's a lot about Metallica that annoys the shit out of me. One is the whininess. That fucking whiny goddamn little bitch on the drums. (laughs) (laughs) Lars Ulrich annoys the fuck out of me. Like, good afternoon. My name is, you know, like, Lars Ulrich from Metallica. I've worked for years to get where I am today. Years and years of playing clubs and recording demo tapes. Me and my buddy, like, James Hetfield here, have shed blood, sweat, and motherfucking beer to get where we are today. Beer! Good! And now we're fucking wealthy beyond, you know, like, belief. I mean, the other day it was, like, obvious to me how much money we have, because our basis, you know, like, motherfucking Jason Newstead bought his very first gold-plated Ferrari, and the fucking thing came with, you know, like, a crew of naked Filipino sex slaves and this Mexican houseboy all free just because he's from Metallica you know that's fucking rich man so where was I oh yeah all you post pubescent boys who have bought like our albums and our t-shirts and our concert videos and and and, and t-shirts good yeah t-shirts you loyal fans who like bang your heads at our concerts and pay like $200 for a ticket $20 for like a CD like $50 for a Metallica t-shirt and like $100 for a genuine Metallica cock ring you're all fucking awesome and we'll never forget you. You fucking made us rich. You fucking made us popular. You got us under the cover of, you know, like, Kerrang! magazine. I worship you. You, the Metallica fan. Beer. Good. Unless you download it until it sleeps from Napster. Then you're going to motherfucking jail. You're motherfucking meat. You'll be some fat, greasy, tattooed bastard's buttery cornhole. Who do you think you are? I mean, just, you know, because you, like, made us rich, you think you can get free stuff? Songs that we spent upwards of, you know, like, 24 to 48 hours writing and recording? I mean, James blew up for you. He ignited into a fiery inferno for you people. Fire bad! Fire bad! Our team of lawyers and researchers have your names, and we're going to hunt you down like the table scrap pilfering grab asses you are. Grab asses bad! So to conclude, rock on Metallica fans, we'll see you on tour this summer. And you Napster users, we'll see you in jail getting gang raped. Number one, the biggest reason why I put Metallica on here, because they went out of their ways to be dicks to other artists and literally killed a genre in music. Complete assholes to all the bands that I know I liked. And were complete assholes to a lot of the fans with that whole Napster shit, their whole thing they're doing now with 
Ticketmaster getting their own tickets. That's another new little project they got. And they always want to act like we're, we're for the fans. You know, I'm always looking out, seeing the ways we can help the fan. You're full of shit, Lars. Such a fraud and a phony. Uh, look, I like James Hetfield. I like a lot of their music. But they also led this stuff, what I would call misery music. Fuck. Did these guys ever win a scratch ticket? Did these guys ever fucking get laid? Did these guys, like, fucking favorite football team ever win the Super Bowl? Cheer the fuck up. And they've led to three other bands that will be on this list because they follow this style. Holy shit. So there's a lot about them, what they've influenced, their attitude and shit that I get annoyed with. And I'm also not a fan of long seven-minute instrumental fucking songs. Oh, it just goes on and on. And James Hetfield's vocals in the beginning albums kind of weak. Now, I, I, again, they've gotten better over time. So, so, so overrated. So overrated. That's it. Jump in anytime you like. Go ahead. Let the killing commence. <laughs> Tommy will hand it to you. Dude, my fucking head is spinning right now. What you just heard is an Eagles fan who knows nothing about Metallica music. That's what you just heard. Okay. <laughs> so this podcast has been painful because this is the third band on the list where I have to kind of you know, open up a vein here to talk about how much I love them. Yes, we do shout it out loud cast because Kiss is my band. If you took Kiss off the planet, my band would be Metallica. That is that that's not even close. Everything about this band, top to bottom, entire discography, whether you're talking through their rough times with Saint Anger, Load and Reload are two of the best, most underrated hard rock albums to come out in the early to mid nineties. People treat them like shit because they're Metallica albums. That whole thing that Zeus said about, you know, seven minute songs, there's only a few of those. They exist on Master of Puppets and Injustice for All. That whole album is long. Nobody crafts a thrash metal song or a hard rock song like Metallica. No one does that. Okay. You want an album or a band that can rip it with attitude, with swagger, with style, with groove. You want a band that can blow your brains out with a song that's a thousand miles an hour. That's Metallica. James Hetfield, probably the greatest rhythm guitarist out there right now, maybe of all time. Kirk Hammett, one of the greatest riff masters of all time. You can throw Tony Iommi in there. You can throw all those names in there. Kirk Hammett, unparalleled. Lars Ulrich, pain in the ass. I'll give him that, okay? Pretty good metal drummer, too, all right? Their bass plays, they've been through a lot. But that band, right now, you talked earlier about Foo Fighters selling out stadiums. Metallica's doing the exact same thing. 50, 60, 70,000 people every night around the world. And their first album came out over 35 years ago. So fuck off, Metallica haters. They rule.
after that. I can't go after that, so I'm going to hand it off to Stephen. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so I like what Tommy said there with Load and Reload being albums that people crap on because they're metallic albums. I agree 100%. I think that those albums are pretty good hard rock records. People are just pissed because they cut their hair and changed their style a little bit, but there's some really, really good material on both of those albums. I love Metallica. I was there. I consider myself a Ground Zero Metallica fan. I was there from the beginning. I had Kill 'Em All when it first came out. I read about them in the magazines. I was sold from the first album on. We've talked a lot about this uh, before on the show. I'm not going to spend a bunch of time on it, but they're the one band that I feel like I've been there since the beginning, really love a lot, but for whatever reason it is, never seen them live. I guess it's because I didn't want to pay 150 bucks for a ticket, whatever, <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is what it is. I have nothing bad to say. Uh, I think it sounds like our friend Zeus got his little feelings hurt by uh, uh, Lars at some point in time. Maybe he wrote a fan letter and Lars didn't answer him back. I really, really couldn't say, but uh, it sounds like there's a little bit of uh, pent-up aggression against our friend Lars there. But hey, other than that, let's talk about the music. The music's great. I don't dislike any of their albums. I even like a lot of the stuff on St. Anger, which I know to a lot of fans is blasphemy, but there's a lot of stuff on that record that I actually like. Definitely not my favorite record by far, but uh, the last two records, fantastic records that they put out. So yeah, I mean, that's it. That's all I'm going to say about that. I don't need to defend them. The fans do that for me. Okay, so my thoughts, uh, you know, even with the stuff that doesn't have anything to do with music, I think they've always tried to solve for the musician. You know, they're always talking about the fans, but, you know, devil's advocate, they're trying to keep the musician rights and the stuff that they created protected somewhat. And there wasn't anybody else out there doing it. Now, could you argue they're money hungry? I guess. But would anybody care about what they were fighting for if they didn't have any money and they weren't popular? Probably not. I think they get a lot of bad press because of how big they are. Could Lars shut up at times? Yeah, he could shut up at times. There's no doubt. But the music, undeniable. And uh, these California brothers, man, they're, they're awesome. And uh, Zeus, you're wrong. And All right. <laughs> can, I, can I ask you guys something? Yes. Sure. Okay. If you noticed, we thought this would be an interesting they're not one of my least favorite. If I was going to fucking put another band in there, I would have put the fucking dead in here because they're fucking horrible. But I thought this would be an interesting conversation with Metallica. What are your thoughts about what I was saying about killing what I would call what they call now? And it was a nice, interesting debate online today. Hair metal, the music, you know, that we all love. I don't agree with that. I think that comes from comes from that video of Lars throwing darts at i believe it was kip winger was it winger yeah it was yeah. winger yeah and, and you know and and that that took on a, a life of its own where it, it was, was you more know, than the, that tom it was no, no, all no, the I, interviews they were shitting on all those la bands out there at the time shitting on anybody that did that they shit on the whole genre well do yeah. you know where that came from though there's there's a story behind that so when Metallica was first coming up they were coming up uh, on sunset strip in la like a lot of other bands the problem was is that the hair bands were kind of ruling the Sunset Strip at that point in time. And the two genres, the two types of music really disliked each other for the most part. So I don't think that they got a whole lot of love 
from the majority of the Sunset Strippers out at that point in time, uh, which is sort of why it was my understanding that's kind of why they migrated up north to uh, San Francisco. Yeah, Stephen, that's a, I was actually just going to jump in and say that. So if you are a Metallica fan out there, there's a couple of amazing Metallica books to read out there. And what Stephen just said is exactly right. Their music wasn't really jiving with what was happening on Sunset Strip. So like Stephen said, they went up to San Fran to try to get their style there. So I think ever since then, they kind of had it in their back pocket, you know, like screw the hair metal band. So I think they I think when the Black Album came out, and they pretty much torched the hairband genre. I think they did it with a smile. Whether you agree or disagree, I think that's that's exactly why that happened. They didn't do it with a the smile. They did it with a fucking hammer, a knife. They did it, and they went out of their no, way no, no. to shit on those artists. And well, what I look at is, like, you shouldn't be shitting on your fellow artists. I like, like, for instance, if you look at what I always talk about country music, you don't see fucking Tim McGraw shitting on George Strait. They don't do that kind of shit. These assholes did, and they did it a lot, and it really hurt a lot of other artists. That's my issue with them. Real quick before we move on, when I I said with a smile, I meant, yeah, they were laughing at the fact that they were burying the hair metal genre. That's what I meant. But I understand what you're saying. That's where it comes from. But I do like some of their songs. I like the music. It's just one of those bands I never really got into. If I got into it, I'm sure I would like them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just my final thoughts on it. You know, what killed hair metal wasn't Metallica. It was Sleaze Bees and Pretty Boy Floyd and (laughs) Britney Fox and the shit bands that started coming up. It just got too thinned out. And that's what I think killed hair metal. Yeah, I I know what you're saying. It wasn't just, I'm not saying it's only Metallica, but it just, you know, they, they had, I think, their part in it. That's all. Yeah. All right, so Steven's next pick, Godsmack. Really? You don't like Godsmack? Don't dig it, dude. Sorry. Oh, my God. I listened to more of it today because I wanted to, you know, I don't listen to much Godsmack because I really have tried it two, three, four, five times and just it doesn't connect with me. And it's not the music because I like a lot of the music. I think it comes down to Sully's voice and the melodies. They just don't resonate with me. I can't connect to them. They feel this term is too broad, and I hate even using it because nobody else is going to understand what I mean except for me, but it just feels like a little bit too new metal sounding to me, and I just, I don't know. I just don't dig it. There are a couple of Godsmack songs that I like, but... They don't do it for me, and I'm going to actually see them live in a week or two uh, because they're playing one of the venues that I work at. So I'll see them live, but yeah, they're not my thing. I don't know what your problem is because I love Sully. Uh, I think the aggression, the music is awesome. It's gotten me through some tough situation in retail. Like when you're a district manager – and you're about to walk a store that's going to look like shit. Like you need some aggression in you before you go in there. Otherwise, you just feel terrible walking into those type of situations. And the music will give you the energy, but still have the melody. And I like all seven albums. And my favorite is Awake. And Stephen just doesn't like good music. That's what the problem is. Uh, <laughs> Tommy, your thoughts on Godsmack? Yeah, so Godsmack. All right. Boston band. Look, their very first album. One of the best of that era. I still listen to it now. The thing with Godsmack, after that first album, but I feel like 
I don't want to say I outgrew them, but I feel like their 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 sound, like Steven mentioned, like new metal. It just doesn't seem like the music is surviving in these times, meaning it came out in that new metal and, and there's there's only a few bands that can kind of you know what I think Korn is probably another band that I put in that category. Yes, they're huge and they're popular, but I don't feel like they're like a Metallica band. Like they came out in the eighties, they survived the nineties, they're still relevant in the two thousands. That's just me. Okay. I understand that the, the appeal of Godsmack, like Sonny said, they're on their seventh album, they're still touring. For me, and I think maybe again, like I said, maybe I grew up and I'm just not into that <laughs> style, that kind of <laughs> aggro new metal shit that some of the bands are doing. Their first album, I love it. A couple of their songs off some of their albums, I like. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain how I feel about Godsmack. I feel like they were a band of the time. I know they're still popular now, but not to me. Tommy, let me help you here. Let's see if I can uh, paraphrase what you just said. So they spent uh, their entire career writing their first album, which was a reasonable album. You liked it when you were about 15 years old, and then everything else after that was pure and outright shit. Uh, and you outgrew them because, well, basically they blow. <laughs> Don't put words in his mouth. He didn't say that. Well, he's 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 kind of close. I mean, uh, the, he he's kind of close. Look, there's a few songs. Even when I listen to the first album now, th- there's a, a couple. There's some things on there, and I'm just like, all right, you know, like I get it. The voodoo. I know you're like a witchcraft kind of fucking dude or whatever. Yeah, I get it. You're you know, you go to Salem and you hang out with the witches, and I get that, and it's all badass and. You know, I get it. Honestly, I think the only thing I can say, and I hate saying this because it makes me sound like a music snob. I just feel like I outgrew their their sound and their style. I don't know. There's really no other way for me to explain it. Zeus, you're going to cry like a bitch about uh, Godsmack? See what I did there? See, that's a terrible terrible song, Sonny. No, honestly, this is one of those fucking Godsmack. I don't even know them um, when you guys put it on the list. Now, the best thing I could say about them is they're from Lawrence, Massachusetts. And if you know Lawrence, Massachusetts, the fact that they survived and made it out of Lawrence, <laughs> Massachusetts, that's a pretty good thing. Yeah, they're from Boston. Woohoo! Okay. It's just, it's that same shit. So Tommy, I bugged Tommy. Give me some songs to listen to. I listened. Okay. I couldn't tell the difference between three of these fucking bands on this list. And I'm not shitting you. It's all the same. Okay, you're aggressive. Okay, the vocals are this. Nothing special. Maybe if I really work hard and listen to it, I'll like it. Just okay. Just very cliche-ish. Exactly. That's a good word. It sounds like all they sound like right now. So maybe if you didn't like hair metal and you listened to that back then, you'd be like, oh, all these songs sound the same. Or you didn't like thrash metal, like, oh, they all sound the same. That's what I feel like when I listen to three of these bands on this list. Two of them that will be coming up. Same thing. I couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> oh, boy. oh, you guys are so wrong. Okay. They're not bad. Don't get me wrong. I, I want to add that. They're not bad. It wasn't bad music. It wasn't something I'm like, oh, turn this off. This is terrible. I like some. Some of them had good riffs. Good, you know, just. Uh, okay. Sonny, real quick. Here's a way to describe Godsmack. If you walk into Hot Topic, you're probably going to hear Godsmack. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Well, if I walk into Sears, I might hear Pink Floyd. What's that got to do with anything? All right. You just made our point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I am going to take down The Mighty, my second band, The Mighty, Supposed Mighty. 
They're not exactly hard rock, but I had to put them on this list. I just don't get the Beatles. I don't get anything about them. I don't know why everybody treats these guys like gods. It has to be the Screaming Girls. My kids even love them. I I, I must be missing something because except for basically eight days a week and Revolution, the rest of it's just weird, boring. This whole they influence this whole bunch of people. I don't get it. Give me the Stones, Zeppelin, Sabbath, anytime. And besides, say, 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 and the girl is mine. I don't even like any of the solo stuff any of the members did. <laughs> I don't get the Beatles. Wipe them off the planet, and you can send all your hate mails to Hollywood Hates the Beatles. Whatever. <laughs> we'll go to Zeus first. I- I'm with you on this. you got to respect some of the songs on here. And usually, I'm a big George Harrison fan. So I like a lot of his stuff. Something, Here Comes the Sun, uh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Those are my some of my favorites. You can't respect uh, Helter Skelter, Let It Be, Help, uh, A Day in the Life, All You Need Is Love, Yesterday, Hard Day's Night. Like, you got to love them. But it's like saying you like the Beatles is like, oh, I'm a fan of the Yankees. Oh, I'm a fan of the Green Bay Packers. I believe in IBM stocks. And like, it's just so cliched. And I'm like you, there are albums, I have their whole catalog. There are songs that come up on shuffle that I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? I look, I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. Number nine, 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 number nine. It's a Beatles song. Uh, and then something else will come up and it's just like, there's a lot of shit songs by them, but somehow every middle-aged fucking retired hippie. Oh, the Beatles. They got to tell me how the Beatles are so way above everybody and so intelligent. So this and that. Fuck you. Elvis is better. <laughs> I agree. Tommy, your thoughts. Yeah, I'm glad there are other people out there who feel the same way I do. And Zeus is correct. Elvis just blows away the Beatles. Okay, yeah, you respect what they did. They were the you know the first whatever band to come over and write all these, you know, get the crowd going and write these pop hits and everything. But you know, after you take away their impact on pop culture and music and you know history and all that, I mean. Twist and shout. I want to hold your hand. Get, get the fuck out of here with that. Come on, dude. I mean, if, I, if, if I'm going to listen to anything Beatles, it's going to be with all the drug shit, the Sergeant Pepper stuff. That's decent. Again, I, I respect who they are and what they did for music, you know, especially in America at that time. But, you know, I feel like shitting on the Beatles is like, you know, it's one of the most blasphemous things you can do in a crowd. I, I remember I worked with a, a woman who was, you know, a little bit older than me. And, uh, you would have thought I told her that I wish she was dead when I told her I didn't like the Beatles. She couldn't wrap her head around the fact that I didn't like the Beatles, no matter how much I tried to explain. She started to get angry at me. I'm like, all right, you, you need to relax. It. You know, come on. But yeah, so that that's how I am with the Beatles. You just reminded me of a story. I took a friend of mine to a, uh, a show. He had never really been to a rock show, so I took him to see Hailstorm and the Rival Sons. And uh, during, you know, during uh, intermission between Rival Sons and Hailstorm, Back in Black starts playing. So he goes, oh, that's a pretty good song. Who is that? I'm like, dude, we cannot out loud say we don't know what Black and Black is here. You're going to get us killed. Yep. Oh, 
Uh, Stephen, your thoughts on the supposedly mighty Beatles? Okay. I'm not going to argue the fact whether you guys like the Beatles or not like the Beatles. I really give two shits of whether you like them or not. Zeppelin, (laughs) Black Sabbath, The Stones, I love all those bands too. I'll point out a couple things. Number one, uh, both uh, Zeus and Tommy said Elvis blows away the Beatles. Okay. Elvis is great. I love Elvis. I'm an Elvis fan. But let's put this in context. Elvis didn't write any fucking songs. All he did Uh is get up there and sing. That's Uh all he did. So if you just start stripping away and talking about not only the songs, but the production and the influence and the writing of Lennon-McCartney, I mean, there's so much stuff. If you don't like one or two songs or you don't like a handful of songs, that's okay. I'm not a huge fan of the uh, Love, Love Me Do, the the poppy Beatles. I like the darker stuff. I like songs like Help, which people think, well, that's a kind of an upbeat song. But if you ever listen to the lyrics of Help, they're pretty dark. So, I mean, there's a lot of genius in their lyrics and the way they approach stuff. Now, they've got some stuff in there that's just like head scratchers. I mean you know, number nine, number nine, number nine, you know, I mean, there's just some weird (laughs) shit on some of that stuff, but overall the Beatles catalog to me is amazing. And it took me some time to get into it. But once I started digging into the Beatles and spending time with some of the complete albums, I just think it's an amazing catalog of work. There's a lot of stuff that I just think is fantastic. And just to further how great a songwriters I think Lennon and McCartney are. I love a lot of the solo work. Sonny said he didn't love it. I loved Wings. I thought Paul McCartney and Wings was great. Even some of the stuff Paul's putting out today, I think there's some really good songs in there. So, you know, I'm just a fan, and we're not even going to go into the vast influence that they had over probably the majority of artists that we love today. That's all I'm going to say about that. They're an amazing band, and uh, every bit warranted the uh, praise that they get from fans. Meh. Okay, our last picks. Tommy, after you talk about this last pick, you can just go to the nearest bridge and uh, basically jump off. Tommy wants to share his opinion on the Scorpions. Like I said with Judas Priest, you got to be go big or go home. If you're going to bring up this topic, I'm coming at you. All right, the Scorpions, this is a little bit easier to explain than Judas Priest. So the Scorpions have what Judas Priest does not, okay? A lot of their music, they have a little bit of a groove, a vibe, some of their songs, you know, the swagger and all that. Here's why I can't consistently listen to the Scorpions, and it's one very simple reason, and it's kind of a rule that I have with a lot of bands, although this really doesn't apply to Rush when I say this. I cannot listen to Klaus's vocals. I can't stand his voice. Every time I hear a cool song by the Scorpions, maybe a song I haven't heard in a while, I have a lot of their catalog on my phone. His voice ruins it. The music of the Scorpions, I like the guitars. I'm not going to deny their impact and what they've done. They've been around forever. But every time I hear Klaus open his mouth, it ruins it for me. And I guess that's as simple as I can say it. There was a lot of things about Judas Priest I don't like musically, vocally, stylistically. The Scorpions 
kind of have what I want in a metal, you know, hard rock band. It's the vocalist who just ruins it for me. And I think that's about as simple as I can say it. It's a rock, rock, hurricane! Zeus, so you two fuckles don't have uh, German people where you live or what? <laughs> yeah. We are Scorpions! Exactly. Listen to the fucking zoo and tell me you don't like the Scorpions. That's insane. Oh, no one like you. Rocky like a hurricane. Big City Nights. Don't believe her. Oh, blackout. It just, where do you go? Are you kidding me? The guitar work is fucking unbelievable. Melodic. He's got a great voice. I can understand him when he sings. I can't understand him when he talks. There's a difference. I think the Scorpions are vastly underrated and they have some of the best hooks ever. I love the Scorpions. Yeah. And real quick, if I can just jump in as a quick rebuttal, pretty much everything Zeus said, I do agree with, they have the hooks, they have the music, the guitar. I mean, the guitarists that they've had throughout their career, it's amazing, but the, the pitch and sound of, of Klaus's voice, I just, I don't like it. And every time I'm, I hear, you know, the intro to, you know, whether, you know, like you said, the zoo or big city nights, you know, as soon as he jumps in, I'm like, I just can't listen to the little German man. Hey, fucko, you like <laughs> Getty Lee. I know like that. Rush. and I, I don't want to ever hear you talk about any other fucking singer ever. And I you acknowledge fucking that. like Rush. I acknowledge that. And I am prepared. To, I know that it's counterintuitive. I get that. But that's the thing about the Scorpions. <sighs> uh, Steven, uh, <laughs> set this guy's trade, please. All right. So I do understand what Tommy's saying. I get it. So every time they launch into blackout, all Tommy can hear is not so much Kloss's voice, but he hears, we are the Scorpions and we are coming to lock you. <laughs> and that's all Tommy hears in his brain. His brain has been brainwashed with that kind of shit. Now, the rest of us that got any kind of musical sense whatsoever, we all get past that and we hear what we're supposed to hear, which is Kloss belting out blackout or uh, no one like you or big city nights or any number of the other kick-ass rock and roll songs that the scorpions have given us over the years scorpions another top 10 band for me so uh, what have we learned from this episode thus far tommy doesn't like judas priest and the scorpions which are two of the bands in my top 10 easily when i was growing up so tommy what the fuck dude I mean, come on, get past it. And Sonny, we won't even get into this. He didn't even name one of the other bands, because if you put this on the list, I would have been brought out to the firing squad. We'll save that for when we do this round two. Jesus, <laughs> this is this is round one, two and three. By the time we get done recording this thing, Jesus, okay. the <laughs> listeners are going to be an epic thing. They're going to have to break it up. They'll be able to listen to this all week long on their ride to work. <laughs> We'll talk a little faster. What the fuck? <laughs> Jesus, I can't talk any faster. It's not me. Well, get the fucking pitchfork out of your mouth. <laughs> Shout ahead, motherfucker. That's why the podcast app allows you to run it at 1.5 speed. Yeah. It'll still oh be three gosh. and a half hours long. Yeah, <laughs> Scorpions, great band. Love the Scorpions.
All right. The first five albums, I think, are a tough listen. But from 79 on, I think Scorpions rock. And they don't disappoint. And Love Drive, Animal Magnetism, Blackout, Love at First Sting could be the best four-album run in rock and metal history. So this is the second band. I have never heard anyone say they don't like the Scorpions. So, Tommy, you're two for two there, buddy. You're crazy. I'm happy to own that. And agree with Sonny. Yeah, the earlier Scorpion stuff, a tough listen for me, too. My my bang zone for Scorpions is definitely uh, starts with uh, Love Drive. Love Drive, Animal Magnetism, Blackout. Uh, love it first thing. All right, so Zeus, Zeus is about to alienate every listener we have left by his opinions on Queensryche. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. You're acting as though Queensryche is very well-liked. That band sucks. Oh, I don't know. You want to talk about annoying vocalists? I don't believe in them. Oh. That is the worst cringy fucking whiny voice in all of music progressive metal oh just just awful i I don't even know what their operation minecraft operation this music sucks (laughs) all their shit sounds whiny it's annoying the lead singer is very he's got a face you want to just punch and like not only just punch but like knock his teeth out with a dirty wrench can't stand them. I can't stand their singer. I can't stand his voice. And I think they're like freaking Dungeons and Dragon type theories and music and stupid fucking uh, themes of their albums. It's just horrible. And that's how I feel about them. Who's next? <laughs> I'll go next. I guess I'm, first I'm trying to figure out why the wrench has to be dirty because <laughs> it doesn't work. If it's not dirty, I, I heard somebody use that expression years ago. And he said, I'm going to knock out your teeth for the dirty wrench. I don't know. And it's stuck in my head. So it has to be a dirty wrench. Wow. All right. So the beginning of Queens, right? That first four or five album run outstanding. Then I think Jeff Tate kind of started to lose it a little bit to me and DeGarmo leaving kind of took a toll. But then seven years ago, here comes Todd Latore and reinvigorated the band again. They never disappointed live, and overall, their music is great. There is absolutely no reason to hate on Queensryche. Tommy? Yeah, I love Queensryche. I've seen them in concert. I like the Jeff Tate Queensryche. I think his voice is outstanding. I think he can rock. I think he can wail. I understand, you know, what we've learned from Zeus is that he can't really handle intellectual music like Rush and Queensryche, <laughs> you know, any, intellectual. Any, any, that's any, what I think about when people say intellectual. Well, no, but that's what, but that's why we do a kiss podcast. So we can talk about, you know, putting your hands in pockets and grabbing onto rockets because, you know, we're not really listening to the smart music, but Queensryche, I love it. You know, Operation Mindcrime concept albums top to bottom you listen to that in order it's uh it's amazing music not all of their stuff is spectacular uh you know they're not a band that's you know what i would refer to as a top to bottom band with a lot of their uh a lot of their music but if you listen to uh, operation mind crime and empire oh those albums are just just terrific musically and again i love jeff tate's voice steven your thoughts ah my greek friend zeus Listen, let me be the first to tell you, I absolutely love Euro sandwiches. So, uh, oh boy. Zeus, I love you. 
but you're an idiot. How do you not like Operation Mind Crime or, you know, Rage for Order? Those two albums alone, not to mention all the other stuff that comes along with their catalog, is fantastic rock metal music. So I don't know. There's melody there. There's great instrumentation there. There's great singing there. There's great lyrics there. So I don't get what you don't like about it. And it's not terribly complex. Uh, I mean, if you listen to the EP, the four song EP, four or five songs, I can't remember now, but I think it's four songs. Listen to the EP. It's just straight ahead, heavy metal music. So it's not terribly intellectual or proggy, that EP. Maybe you'd like that a little bit better or, or whatever, but I don't get how you hate on Queensryche. Maybe you couldn't uh, pronounce the name for a long time. It is kind of a strange name. It's got the umlauts over it, and we can help you get through that, my friend. <laughs> wow. Oh, boy. Okay, so let's go to Stephen's last pick. I got a feeling we're going to be boxing on this one. Stephen has some thoughts on Disturbed. Disturbed is actually disturbing music. Here's a band that's most well-known for a song called Down With The Sickness, which I actually like that tune. Besides that, this band really doesn't have a whole lot to their catalog. They're just kind of boring. That singer comes across as a total tool. And, uh, you know, they remade Genesis Land of Confusion and ruined it. And then remade Simon and Garfunkel's What Bridge Over Troubled Water and ruined that too. So I don't, you know, I have no use for this band. They don't do anything for me. I like them even less than Godsmack, I think. Wow. Tommy? Yeah, I will parrot what Steven said. Pretty much everything I said about Godsmack, but times 100 with Disturbed. Dave Draymond is a pain in the ass. His voice is ridiculous. Their music is ridiculous. It was a it was music that came out at a time, uh, again, with Godsmack, you know, that post-grunge, new metal business. Steven, the song you were thinking of was Sound of Silence, the Simon and Garfunkel That's song. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is absolute blasphemy for this shit band to take a song like that and turn it into something. I mean, he's awful. Him and his fucking facial piercings and his whole yeah, like you thought you you thought you walked into Hot Topic and heard Godsmack. You you walk into Hot Topic and disturbed his playing inside this fucking store probably a couple weeks ago i think david was working at a hot topic if i'm not I, mistaken I, would, I wouldn't doubt it they're, they're just a band that if, if you're a 16 year old disenchanted kid who sucks at call of duty you're listening to disturbed that's it wow <laughs> zeus um do you guys remember what i said earlier about the previous band that i wasn't really a big fan of Godsmack. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just play that over again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just edit that yeah, conversation back. Because it's the same exact fucking thing. Again, I, I'm not familiar with these guys much. I played the stuff. Tommy gave me some songs. I can't tell the fucking difference. Uh-huh. Okay. You're upset about something. Okay. Yeah. Someone <laughs> someone's gonna get in trouble. Uh-huh. Okay. You're mad about this. Oh, okay. You're angry. You can do this. Oh, okay. <laughs> I cannot believe you three. Okay. If you don't like disturbed, then you don't like metal. 
Like the oh, melodies oh, are awesome. God. The aggression is super cool. God. Yeah, like you guys like shitty bands like Saxon and called it the new wave of British heavy metal. <laughs> but the bands that are actually metal, you don't like. So all three of you fucking move out of America and wherever the fuck, just move to Canada. Go listen to Rush or some shit. Let me mention to the listeners that uh, they may or may not know that my co-host, Hollywood, is actually deaf in one ear. And so what happens a lot of times is Sonny will listen to his cheap, shitty uh, headphones or his cheap, shitty car stereo, and one of the speakers is out, so he's actually only hearing, like, part of the Beatles or part of... (laughs) these other bands like rush and stuff that they take over the entire speakers, but don't Sonny only hears them through one ear. And so he thinks that a lot of shit is shitty and a lot of stuff is good. So bands like disturbed and Godsmack, he absolutely loves, but bands like the Beatles and rush and Saxon, he hates. So you be the judge. I'll leave that with you folks. Holy shit, Stephen. Take you long enough to land that plane? We get it. Now, look, I don't know how this sounds in your fuckle fiat, but in my powder blue (laughs) pinto, this shit rocks. (laughs) Yeah, Sonny. God. Okay. So I don't know why you guys hate Disturbed, but fuck all. I don't hate them. I don't hate them. All right. So let's go to some real hate with the last pick. And I've got the last pick here. And I'm going to start with saying. No disrespect to Dime. I never had a problem with the music, but I don't get Pantera. The vocal is brutal. It's just straight up noise. Might as well be the inventor of Cookie Monster. It ruins all the melody in the music. If this dumbass actually sang like David from Disturbed, we'd actually have something. Give me the Terry Glaze hair metal Pantera. Hell of a lot better. Screw Pantera. Let's go to uh, Zeus next. I'm with you there a little bit. I like some of their stuff. Big thumbs up for being big Kiss fans, right? The lead singer just makes the whole band hard to like. It's all over the place. It really is. But it's kind of the same fucking problem I have. As you guys can tell, there's certain music I just don't get into. And there's certain music that I like. This isn't one of them. So... Not much to say other than that. Zeus, your thoughts. That, that was, was me. Oh, I'm sorry. Tommy, your <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> what the hell? You, you, know, you sound the same. I don't fucking know. Oh, God, <laughs> really? Sonny. Sonny, the fact. Do we look the same? That, no, we don't look the same, thank God. Well, you do today. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sonny, the fact that you are a huge fan of Godsmack and Disturbed, but not Pantera maybe the most brain melting thing that's been said on this entire episode Pantera. Okay. We're not talking about the glam Pantera. We're talking about cowboys from hell, vulgar display of power, Pantera, those two albums, especially vulgar display of power. This band pretty much coined a term that didn't even exist before with groove metal. Okay. Once you get into far beyond driven. And then after that, Then they really turn into that cookie monster growl, really tough to listen to, like super thrash metal band. They really changed. uh, But, you know, with with the Cowboys from Hell album and and like I said, especially Vulgar Display of Power, this band fucking kicks ass. Philip Anselmo's vocals, amazing. 
you got Vinnie Paul on drums. You got Dimebag on the guitar. I mean, honestly, I, all jokes aside, I'm shocked that you do not like those first those first two albums by them. The later on in their catalog, I can get it. It gets a little bit ridiculous, but this band, I mean, vulgar display of power. That that's essential metal in your in your catalog. It has to be. But that's where I stand. I'm still a huge fan of Pantera. I listen to them still. Have all their stuff on my phone. Yuck, Steven, <laughs> your thoughts. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I actually uh, love the glam Pantera and the heavy Pantera. I like it all. But I sort of agree with Tommy a little bit where I actually liked Far Beyond Driven, but after Far Beyond Driven, some of it is just not up to snuff for me. But those first three records, I absolutely love. And I get where Sonny's coming from. I mean, that's not his thing. And typically, it's not my thing either. But there's something about Dime and Vinny's groove and pocket playing that I latch on to. And it allows me to get past of some of Phil's screaming. But at the same time, I like some of that screaming because it's really aggressive. And it's just like, you know, makes you want to break some shit. So I love it. I like it a lot. Okay, so before we wrap up and do a summary and uh, maybe not leave as friends, let's get to this. <laughs> you wanted the best, and you got the best! The hottest band in the world, Kiss! It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. So for the Kiss Dork moment, I knew no one would agree on a Kiss song to play. So I came up with an idea. I'm like, all right, first, let's ask everybody what their four top Kiss albums are. And here's what I got. Zeus said, Hotter Than Hell, Destroyer, Rock and Roll Over, Lick It Up. Tommy said, Love Gun, Dynasty, Dress Kill, Revenge. Steven said, Hotter Than Hell, Love Gun, Rock and Roll Over, and Creatures of the Night. So I'm like, okay, well, at least there's some repeats there. So since Hotter Than Hell, Rock and Roll Over, and Love Gun were repeats, I pulled seven songs off these albums that we on Grown Up Rock had not played yet and then asked the three of you to rank them. And here's how they ranked out. Number seven, so the worst out of these seven songs, ended up being Let Me Go Rock and Roll. Number six, Ladies Room. Number five was Tomorrow and Tonight. Number four was Got to Choose. So I ranked these with your guys' all your ranking kind of put together. Uh, number four was Got to Choose. Number three was Shock Me. Number two was Watching You. And the song we're going to play, Zeus ranked it fourth. Tommy ranked it second. Steven ranked it number one. Here's from Hotter Than Hell, Parasite.
Love me some Parasite. Your rankings, nobody agreed. Albums, nobody agreed. I knew we weren't going to get any agreement, so I had to come up with something. Love Parasite. Oh, absolutely. Parasite's fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You see what I mean? Oh, God. Okay, so... Dude, take that spinacopia out of your ears. Oh, God. Spinacopita. Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) Okay, so can we leave as friends, or uh, we hurt each other too much? Absolutely. I think we're we're better friends exiting than we were entering this episode, in my opinion. And I'll tell you right now, I am already working on my list for round two. (laughs) (laughs) So me telling you guys to move out of America, that made us better friends? That's good. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I never liked you guys in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. I don't like you today. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Yeah? Well, I'm going to steal your lunch money. <laughs> <laughs> we, ki- we kid so much, and to the listeners, they probably uh, may not know the difference. But, yeah, we have fun. We kid a lot, and that's what we do. We're uh, just uh, having a great time busting each other's balls, and that's what it's all about. And that's part of the great thing about the podcast community. So, uh, yeah. May I jump in here for a second? Uh, please do. Yeah, so I was just going to say on a serious note here, for all these listeners here, these two guys, when me and Tommy first started out, not only are these two guys our favorite podcasters, they're our favorite friends from podcasting. They helped us out in the beginning behind the scenes tremendously they reached out they spread the word they helped us with our sound they gave us advice they took phone calls they took texts and they've become great friends yet to meet them in person but i would still say great friends they are what makes podcasting excellent and that's it for being serious i love them but after this i'm going back to being assholes to them go ahead tom yeah, I'll, I'll have to piggyback what Zeus said. I mean, you know, we'll put the jokes aside for a minute, but having Stephen and Sonny as as friends, as a as a resource for podcasting, you know, it, it's something that when Zeus and I started this, who would have ever thought that, you know, not only would we have a podcast that would, you know, gain some fans and some listeners, but also gain friends and people that eventually down the road, hopefully we can meet in person and have a couple beers and hang out and talk about why uh, everybody's musical opinions are wrong. But we thank you guys so much for, for what you've done for us little guys and, uh, you know, for having us on your show and, you know, finally having some credible guests on your show, you know, so uh, we appreciate that. Wow. Dave Menachetti, he did not mean that shit. <laughs> Never. I actually, you know, what? I love speaking of Dave Manichetti. I, I want to just real quick. I've always known about Y and T, but after dealing with Sonny and him raging about how much he loves Y and T, I can see why. And again, I'm not just saying that because I'm on the Grown Up Rock podcast. Y and T was a band that I have been missing out for a long time. Tons of great stuff in their catalog, and and I want to give Sonny props for that. Sonny has a raging boner for Y and T. <laughs> yeah it, it's just so weird that east coast guys don't really know y&t and then there's west coast guys that you know don't really know some of the east coast music it's just it's so weird it gets segregated like that to be honest. yeah yeah it's like on the west coast like you say kicks and a lot of people don't know what that is wow well i have to say that this episode encompasses a lot of what i love about rock and roll music which is 
just so many different opinions. And honestly, none of the opinions are right or wrong. It's just whatever moves, whatever you like. So, I mean, Tommy and I can come together on a band like Rush that we absolutely love. But then Tommy says something stupid and fucked up like Judas Priest and the Scorpions sucks, which is just kind of stupid to me. <laughs> so, I mean, this is what I love about uh, uh, opinions and music. There is no right or wrong with music. And I've always pre that from day one it's uh one man's trash is another man's uh get you through the hard time good time song you know absolutely yeah i'm just glad that there was somebody else arguing with steven besides me that he's stupid in all the things that he says <laughs> well, uh, if, you need, because, if you need if you needed people to argue you came to the right plot the right place yeah because supposedly nobody's opinions are correct but i know mine are so i don't understand what the problem is <laughs> And once I edit this, my opinions will be the only ones that'll matter. You'll <laughs> <laughs> be Stephen talking, and then a bunch of silence. <laughs> and, then Steven, and then a bunch of silence. What's your opinion, Cricket Sound Edited? <laughs> Thank you for your opinion. Now fuck off. <laughs> oh my! And the craziest part is we've never met. Nope. I the know. four of us have never met. That is so crazy. Yep, it's crazy. I know it's crazy. We, we, yeah, we, we could up. do a podcast episode just on our Texas. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I'm glad nobody else can see those Texas, man. Uh, all right, so guys, pick your stuff again. Zeus and I, we are uh, on the Shout It Out Loudcast podcast. Um, we're available everywhere where podcasts can be heard Apple, uh, Google Play, Stitcher. We're now on iHeartRadio, um, YouTube. You can reach us at our Gmail account, which is shoutedoutloudcast at gmail.com. And we're on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Shout It Out Loudcast. Awesome. Yeah. And I really enjoy your guys' podcast, guys. You're doing a great job. So uh, thank you for joining us today. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having us. Uh, this has been so much fun to talk about music other than Kiss for once. And again, you know, we, we appreciate the fun that we have uh on the mic and off the mic. And thank you so much for, uh, for having us on. Thank you guys. Much appreciated. Awesome. And, uh, Elvis is better than the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so all that's wrong. And, uh, we appreciate you guys being on shout it out loud cash. You guys release every what Saturday. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Love your podcast. It's, uh, just, uh, usually a laugh a minute. So look forward to your episodes each and every week. Uh, check them out. If you haven't checked them out, the shout it out loudcast, Tommy and Zeus. Thanks again. Uh, and that's it. Sonny, you ready to get out of here? Yep. We are out. Thanks for all the feedback. Catch you later. See ya. Get ready to shuffle, rattle and roll. Play us out boys. <laughs>
Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.